Welcome to Beyond the Call, brought to you by Start Church. We hope you enjoy the upcoming podcast and hope this time is empowering, inspiring, and helpful as you pursue the dream God has put in your heart. The participants of this podcast are not attorneys, and this recording is not to be considered legal advice. Please contact your local attorney's office where needed. Enjoy today's podcast. All right, guys. Well, it is time for another episode of Beyond the Call. Now, this is Start Church, and we want to be able to help you, pastors, ministers, those of you that have been called to the ministry, we want to help. We want to help you go beyond that call. So this week, what we're going to do is talk about something very, very simple, but also not so simple. Specifically, here's a question for you that I don't know if many of you have thought of. Is your ordination really legal? Okay, so let that sink in for just a minute. While you're thinking about that, uh, uh, let's go over a few things. So if you search out how to become an ordained minister on Google, what you're going to find is that there's probably more than about 8 million search results. Now, there's a lot of useful information out there about ordination. There really is. No, really. But just as much misinformation exists. So how do you know which information is accurate? Well, I'd love to be able to just go, well, you should listen to us, obviously. But uh, the truth is, I- I'm going to walk you through this. Because you have to understand, not only have we been doing this for over 20 years, but we've encountered all the various differences and variations as the laws have changed over time. So let's go back to the question. The answer to the question really depends on what you want to know regarding ordination. Now, many pastors, they really don't realize that there's both a spiritual aspect, but there's also a legal aspect to consider. Now, in this podcast, what we're going to try to do is try to explain why legal ordination is necessary for every pastor, not to mention uh, provide you, hopefully, some 10 simple steps that you can implement in your church's ordination program to ensure that your ordination and the ordination of those ordained by your church meet the legal requirements to be considered an ordination. So first, let's take a look at what it means to become legally ordained. Okay, Uh, a, A common unknown fact about ordination is that most ministers are under the impression that for their ordination to be considered valid, quote unquote, they can only become ordained through a more established church. Many ministers also buy into the myth that they can't be ordained through their own church. Now, listen, We often hear similar sentiments from pastors and ministry leaders, but the fact of the matter is that both of these notions are absolutely incorrect. That's right. In reality, you can start a church, establish it on a solid legal foundation, and then become legally ordained through the very church you started. So I'm going to put a link in our description, by the way, so you can actually find a little more detail about that step. Uh, so make sure you check the link in the description of where you listen to this podcast so that you can better find out yourself how to go through those steps. Okay, so now back to what we're talking about or legal ordination. You might be thinking getting ordained through my own church sounds great, but can't I just get ordained online? I mean, didn't these one couple that you know get ordained uh, have have their buddy get ordained online at the Universal Church of blah blah and then go to the golf course and do the whole song and dance? I mean, sure, whatever. You absolutely can get ordained online. However, really should you think twice before doing that. Let me explain. Are online ordinations considered valid? Although uh <laughs> That's a tricky question. So online ordinations are easy and convenient to obtain. The important question that you got to ask is, are they legal for the purposes 
that we're discussing today. So in recent years, Congress and state governments have expressed concern over the, well, let's call it what it is, the proliferation of online and mail order ordinations. Those concerns focus mainly on whether people who receive an online ordination are authorized to solemnize marriages. Now, in Kramer versus Commonwealth, a group of ministers ordained by the Universal Life Church had their right to conduct marriage ceremonies revoked by the Circuit Court of Richmond, Virginia. Now, this group of ministers, they appealed the decision to the Supreme Court of Virginia. In fact, the ministers asked the Supreme Court of Virginia to rule that a minister who provides documentation proving their ordination from a religious organization be allowed to conduct marriage ceremonies in the state of Virginia. The Supreme Court of Virginia heard the appeal from those ministers and decided whether it was truly a religious organization or not. So here's uh, highlights from the case. First, it was determined that the relationships between the ministers of ULC and ULC itself were nearly non-existent. That means they had no contact other than that nice little form online that you fill out. It was also revealed that ULC's ordained ministers had few meetings with a congregation. Well, how in the world are you supposed to be a minister if you don't actually minister to anyone? So in some instances, there was no meeting or gatherings at all. Now, come on. I mean, literally, they weren't meeting anybody. They weren't meeting for a church of any kind. It was literally, like I said in my original example, it was you get your buddy to go online. They fill out the little form. Poof, they get their certificate. You walk out to the golf course and say, do you, do you, ha, mazel tov, you're married. Okay, so then you get into the next reason, which is the meetings or gatherings that did occur, because there was some out there who did, usually were at someone's home or at a public location like a restaurant. Okay, moreover, the topic discussed during the gatherings weren't often about religious stuff. It wasn't nothing to do with religion, context, ministry, nothing. So the lower court denied the officiant the right to perform weddings on the premise that ordained ministers conducting such ceremonies should be in the ministry full-time. However, the Supreme Court of Virginia disagreed with the lower court's ruling, and it stated that in Virginia, there were plenty of good ministers that served their congregations well while also maintaining other employment. You know, that whole bivocational thing? This, however, wasn't enough for the Supreme Court of Virginia to rule in favor of the appellants. Okay, so... I guess we get to the question, well, if it's not legal, then why is legal ordination even a thing? Why is it necessary? Well, the Supreme Court of Virginia made sure that this particular case had nothing to do with religious freedom. Due to the legal nature of marriage, you know, it's important that the need for a legally ordained minister is necessary. So the Supreme Court of Virginia recognized the necessity that the marriage contract itself be memorialized in writing by a person of responsibility and integrity and by one possessed of some educational qualifications. Essentially, here's two things we can take away from this ruling. Ready? Pay attention. Number one, the Supreme Court of Virginia looked for a formal process, okay? And it held that the selection or election of an ordained minister, quote-unquote, must be a considered, deliberate, and responsible act. Full stop. Stop quote. End of the whole thing. Right there. Period. The state's... The second point is that the states can't give uh, preference to more established churches. In other words, you can become legally ordained through the very church that you start. Now, I got to admit... You have to, that's, that's good news. Absolutely. All right. So let's really get into this thing. Let's get into the nitty gritty of this. Let's get into the real reason why you're listening to this. 
how do we create an ordination program in your church? Well, as you've seen, the courts have determined that to be legally ordained, it doesn't really matter how long your church has been in existence, nor how large the church is. Okay, so there's two of the biggest issues that people have had in the past gone out the window. But how can you be sure the organization or the ordination your church conducts are legal in the eyes of the courts? Okay, it's necessary that your church create an ordination program. This fulfills the requirement that all ordinations be considered deliberate and responsible acts. Okay. So by that, you got to have steps, create a step-by-step process, okay? So to help fulfill that requirement, your church is going to need to create licensing and ordination, okay? A program that covers both things, okay? So that has to have some very simple components. Here's 10 components, ready? Number one. You have to ensure your corporate documents, that means your your articles of incorporation, your bylaws, your board meeting minutes, all that stuff contains language stating that your church intends to have or already has a licensing and ordination program. All right. So that language has got to be there from inception, from the beginning. Second, it's going to require a specific set of criteria be met by the applicant. It could be classes on the job training, volunteer work at the church, or involvement in the local ministry. Keep a good record of all those things, uh, uh, especially uh, because as it pertains to, to, to ministers, you're going to need to keep a good record of all the ministers that you license or that are serving under the apprenticeship of I'm assuming you, pastor, or your pastor, the pastor of your church. Number three, it's going to require an application fee. My father used to say, anything worth doing is worth paying for, and anything you don't pay for, you don't ultimately care about. So it's very important. That doesn't have to be huge. No one's saying it's got to be, you know, thousands or anything like that. But whatever. You, uh, 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 with some due diligence, hey, you can always give us a call here at Star Church, 888-979-4349, 888-979-4349. And we'll, we'll help walk you through this entire process, okay? All right, number four. It's going to require an exam to be taken. It's got to be, if you have to be able to pass it, you got to have a minimum required score. Very simple. It's super easy to set up a, a simple test. It's not difficult. The idea is, again, remember, what are the three phrases? Considered, deliberate, and responsible. Those are the three things that are ultimately need to be encompassed in your ordination program. All right? So, number five. There has to be a step. You're going to have to establish a formal process of commissioning. Okay. Number six, assign the ordination an expiration and a renewal date. Number seven, you can't, uh, it means you can't have it in perpetuity. Oh, well, I'm going to be a pastor forever and ever. Of course you are. However, comma, for it to be legal, you just have to make sure that you have some method of being able to every year renew, double check, or however long, whatever. You come up with your own time frame and timelines and whatnot. But the idea is it's got to have an expiration date. It's got to be able to be renewed through this quote unquote process that we're creating. All right. So number seven, require a renewal process by either application or written letter requesting a renewal. So the process itself has got to either, again, we're going into that deliberate stage. So it can't just be something where you're like, hey, by the way, Jim, I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to renew up, re-up me for next year. All right, it's not going to work. You have to literally be able to say, okay, I, uh, uh, I, Johnny, would like to renew 
my ordination and my license rather my my uh, my pastoral license through the ordination program of the church uh, by this particular date and whatnot. All right. So again, request it in writing. Number eight, keep a good record of all the ministers commission license ordained, active, inactive and revoked. Now, listen, that's a simple enough spreadsheet. Now, we, of course, have forms and different things that we can help you facilitate that process. So again, if you've got questions about how to set this up, it's really no obligation. Give us a call. Seriously, 888-979-4349. We'll walk you through the process and talk you through what you're going to need in order to kind of make this thing happen a little more smoothly if you if you feel nervous. But let's get back into it. Number nine, you got to make sure that the role as minister is conveying your church's message and mission. What does that mean? Well, you can't just have an ordination program or a licensing program that it, where none of the steps that we've just outlined, that they don't encompass anything to do with all the, uh, the stuff that's in your bylaws, that's in your own church mission statement and whatnot. You want to make sure that those things all line up. Again, keeping it all together unified is, is the fastest way to get approval and whatnot, and fast way to be legal rather. So number 10 require that the minister maintain a meaningful relationship with the ordained church by attending conferences or, or services at least once a year. Nobody, look, I get being an evangelist or possibly even a missionary, but if you're going to go through the process, you want to make sure that, hey, once in a while you're poking your head into the church and you're saying, hey guys, I'm still here. I'm still a part of this. Again, it's all part of this process you're creating and it formalizes it. So now you've got me, head pastor, and all the various pastors that we have helped, church planners and whatnot, get ordained and licensed through our ministry. See, it keeps it all together and keeps all everything unified. And I'm telling you, it's not a difficult process, but it definitely, if you're not careful, can get away from you. All right. So look, I think that you have more than the capability to create your own ordination program. And I encourage you, we have a video course. It's called Equipped to Ordain. I'm going to go ahead and put a link to that as well in the description of this podcast. I want you to check it out. Or if you want, visit us our website, startchurch.com. Uh, and, and we'll happily Go through, you'll find a little bit more information under products. And we want to go ahead and, and get you plugged in to either contact us directly, give us a call again, 888-979-4349, or visit the website, starchurch.com. At the end of the day, you've been called. We want to help equip you for that calling. And you should want to equip the pastors that you're sending out the right way. Okay, listen, at Star Church, we believe that every church and ministry should be equipped with the tools they need to create the ordination programs that are uh, true to your values and that produce faithful shepherds while, hey man, abiding by government standards. Okay, that's why we created the Equip to Ordain video course. Uh, it's for church planners, pastors, ministry leaders. It's the easiest way for you to create a legal, compliant, and proven strategy for ordaining men and women through your ministry. Don't get caught up by not being prepared, all right? Protecting what God has called you to lead, it's a little more involved than it sometimes can sound, but that's okay. That's why Star Church is here. We're here to help you, all right? You've been called to the ministry. We've been called to help you, all right? I hope that this podcast has been helpful. I uh, Please, don't don't hesitate to give us a call, check us out on social medias, watch our YouTube channel, whatever it is we can do to help you, we want to do it. But ultimately, remember, keep those ordinations legal. 
Thanks a lot, guys. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Call, brought to you by Start Church. If you have any questions about what you've heard today, please give us a call at 844-641-5718 or visit our website at startchurch.com. We hope you'll join us for the next episode of Start Church Beyond the Call. Start Church has helped thousands of churches and ministries protect what God has given them to lead. Check out our website at startchurch.com or feel free to call at 844-641-5718. We would be honored to serve you.